Testing, testing, drugs, drugs. Testing, testing, drugs, drugs. We should be testing drugs. To make sure they're pure. So this is the off five. Welcome to it. And this episode is called Drug Testing. Are you still watching The Office US? And um, an office podcast re The Office. What's your name? I'm Addie. What's my name? Nathan. Thank you. You're welcome. This episode came out April 27th, 2006 in the series. Uh, well, it's called Drug Testing. And you know what Wikipedia says about that? What? It says this. The series. Oh. <laughs> nice I try. didn't. I almost said the, the part we never say. Oh, yeah. In the episode, Dwight Schrute finds pieces of a joint in the parking lot and begins an investigation to find the owner. To return it? Mm-hmm. No. Michael Scott, worrying that he may not pass a drug test, pressures Dwight for a cup of clean urine to pass the drug test, failing to find the culprit and guilty over providing the urine to Michael. Dwight resigns as volunteer sheriff. Later, Michael assigns Dwight the title of Honorary Security Advisor. I thought that was pretty good, except for when it says the pieces of the joint. It wasn't in. It was a roach. Roach. Yeah, the end of a joint. The end. The part you don't... pieces. No. And also, this completely neglected the B plot and the C plot. Yeah. And the B plot was pretty important. The B plot is Jim can't talk because he got jinxed. Which is um, symbolic because he can't tell Pam how he really feels. Spoilers! Well, I mean, come on. It's pretty obvious when in the end he says... Well, we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just do it now. Let's go out. <laughs> um, when he says, what is Dwight getting out of that relationship? So that B plot is mirroring the A plot That's in that right. moment. But Jim doesn't seem to realize it. No, he doesn't. There's no awareness that he's saying. You know what? I think he needs to smoke about it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, there's also a C plot, which is that Jim's doing impressions but you'll notice that that plot abruptly ends when he stops talking but i'm not sure why yeah that's true oh it's like we have the duality of speaking in other people's mannerisms and then complete silence right and pam says that jim can look up and just become someone else and in the deleted scenes he does that but it's because he can't talk yeah He's really good at getting around that. Yeah. Those big watery eyes. I know. Pam really loves that, too. Great Scott production and trivia. This was written by Jennifer Colotta. Colotta? Never heard of her before. If you like Jenna Colotta. <laughs> then you'll like this episode, too. And it's directed by Greg Daniels, who's also an executive producer and the series showrunner. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't? I, did. I, I knew that. Never mind. And it also <laughs> guest stars Hugh Dane as Hank the security guard once again. Hey, bud. What's his name Chief. again? Chief. Chief. <laughs> his you name's not Hank. On? Okay, Hank. No, it can't be Hank. It is Hank. And we have one segment that I don't usually do, but we'll do it this time, which is the references. Oh, you mean cultural references? Yeah. Is there a name for this one? I don't think there no, is. No, I if, don't even remember ever doing this except for yeah. like just like like 
uh, mixed throughout, but I do like that idea because I notice a lot of cultural references. If listeners have an idea for what the segment about the cultural references should be called, why not tell us on our Facebook group, The Finer Things Club? Maybe we'll make a poll when this episode comes out for a name for that segment. Yeah. And the winner of that poll... We'll get the name of the segment. If we like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there are some references to some movies. Um, Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Probably Up in Smoke. Because I was half-baked. Half-baked, the film. And he says, dude, where's my office? Dude, where's my car? And Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber? Oh, I don't know. I've seen that movie. <laughs> And he says, uh, the Doobie Brothers, that's a band. Smoking doobies with my brothers. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines in all, the whole series. Wow. I say that a lot. Do you? <laughs> whenever, whenever I partake in the... Oh. The Doobie Brothers, smoking doobies with my brothers. <laughs> and then there's also some references to some drugs, like just the most basic drugs, crack, cocaine... Pot, blow, acid, hookah, heroin, and speed. <laughs> the main classes of drugs. Did you know hookah is actually not a drug? Oh, it's two. <laughs> Tobacco and mixed fruit. And did you know that Michael spells heroin like the female <laughs> hero, not like the drug? Oh, man. I wonder if some clever songwriter could put those together. There was this... Um, boutique in the in a town i lived called heroin <laughs> uh-huh. but like it was just poor timing with the opioid crisis i feel like really because people it, love opiates <laughs> now more than ever i've noticed and, and like it was always you know oh are we gonna go shopping heroin you don't yeah. want to say like heroin on accident yeah. because you know because they'll think you're a female hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you're not. <laughs> when you're just actually talking about shooting up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but cocaine and blow are the same thing. Yeah. And also speed. Isn't that the same thing? Speed's usually amphetamines. Oh, like uppers? Yeah. Like oh, okay. like meth or Adderall. Okay. <laughs> or, uh, or blacks and reds. <laughs> You know what the street name for Adderall is? Uh, study hard. Do well in school. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Do Adderall. No, it's Addy. Oh. Yeah. That's that's what I was named after. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't think so. Short for I Adderall? Because I have to it was short for Adeline, but no, it's short for Adderall. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> And Northern Lights Indica. Yeah, Indica. Or cannabis a... Indica. Northern Lights. Or was it a sativa? Was it a sativa? I forgot, but I love that part too. It's a memory loss drug. How could you remember? <laughs> exactly how as soon, pot did you smoke? As soon as Creed said that, I forgot everything. <laughs> I had to redo my notes. Um, And there's a lot of deleted scenes. So many that I think we should just not talk about them. I agree, except for Brenda. Oh, right. We mentioned that in an earlier episode. One of our Facebook friends, I'm going to call them my friends, even though <laughs> we're not really friends, but they're on the Finer Things Club, mentioned that this is the last time we officially hear from Brenda because she calls and Jim just stands there like a... like a, a Fool. 
like a lamppost. We can't talk. And not like then, one of those ones that says walk, walk, <laughs> walk. And then writes a note that says, it's okay, she'll call back. But she does not. And he doesn't call her back because he can't talk ever again. Yeah. And what? also goes, oh, Pam's there. Yeah. Um, But most of the deleted scenes that uh, they're worth watching. A lot of them are Jim impersonating other people. Which is worth watching. And that goes right into trivia because one of the reasons they put that in this episode is because John Krasinski is good at imitating fellow cast members. John Krasinski is good at a lot of things, I feel like. Yeah. Directing A Quiet Place. Yeah. Uh, marrying Emily Blunt. He's great at that. Probably one of the top two. Doing pranks with Jimmy Kimmel. Um, Getting real fit for his new role as Jack Ryan. Real big fit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's good at a lot of things. I don't I don't doubt that he's good at impersonations either. And also in uh, trivia, this is from Wikipedia though. Jenna Fisher noted that the subplot featuring Jim unable to talk was important because, quote, Pam and Jim can say a lot to one another without any words at all, end quote. A reference to the 27 seconds of silence the two shared in the earlier episode, Booze Cruise. We talked about that. Yeah, we did. So thanks, Jenna, for bringing that back up again. Was that in the trivia of that episode? Because I didn't see it. I timed it myself. <laughs> wow. I don't remember if it was in the trivia or if you just knew that and I trusted your opinion on it. Well, either way, I didn't look at it in the trivia. It might be there. I didn't check again. But but it's the same thing we noticed. And apparently everyone else did. So sorry, people that thought we noticed something. That moment was really similar to the moment in the break room where... Jim and Pam, well, Pam is saying, Jim, you can tell me anything. Really, you can tell me anything. It feels like you have something to say. And pa- and Jim is looking at her like... And Jim does a huge frown. Like... Because he realizes he can't tell her anything. And then, there's one thing he wants to tell her that he can't tell her. Do you know what it is? Um, I mean, a version of it. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what he would say if he wanted to. We, I... I want to be more than friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting there. Come on. You told your mom about me. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and the other trivia is that Michael has a bandage around his finger in this episode because Steve Carell hurt his finger during the week and was unable to remove his wedding ring due to the swelling. Hmm. Instead of cutting <laughs> off the ring, the crew simply wrapped a bandage around it. So That's they didn't funny. wrap a bandage around his swollen finger because his finger was okay, but they had to wrap a bandage around his wedding room because otherwise people will be like why is michael married oh interesting they couldn't just written it in where he said he was married again to, to <laughs> fool's mom he bought himself a ring <laughs> to carol <laughs> in real life oh yeah i think her name is nancy 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 Krell. isn't that your mom's name yeah nancy Krell. yeah <laughs> nancy Krell. <laughs> think of your last name people are gonna dox you uh, i mean you just doxed yourself oh no <laughs> you just got played <laughs> uh, okay you'll beep it out right beep it out beep it out hey let's do our segment called second drink or i enjoy a glass of wine once a week at dinner for the antioxidants only and not because i <laughs> yeah, like drinking yeah. yeah um so this week we're drinking something that is delightful and delicious and 10% alcohol, and it is the, what is it? The New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Black IPA special release. 
four pack so 16 good. ounce cans so good very nice nice and light tasting but 10 percent, and uh and that's nice too <laughs> yeah good flavor great shout out to new belgium fort collins where we live if you forgot that so should we move on to the oh, finer things the finer things club finer things club so this is the segment about what we liked most about the episode um i like a lot about this episode it's one of my favorites of season two and like i said i reference this a lot just because you don't get a lot of um drug references in the office except for the caprese salad and this and ryan's nightclub disaster oh that's right i like the fact that michael was at an alicia keys concert yep that was great that's what's, some what's good her writing. big hit? Well, these days it's not wearing makeup. What? She just doesn't wear makeup anymore. That's not a song. <laughs> no, I know, but she just doesn't. And like, she looks so different, but she still looks so beautiful. And that's the point. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. What a... <laughs> She's a heroine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, smack. <laughs> One of my favorite lines that I think about in this episode a lot is when Dwight's talking about Kevin. We're implying about Kevin. And he says, constantly snacking. <laughs> and I think that about myself a lot. <laughs> it's like, have you seen that thing on um, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever? And it has a picture of a raccoon and it says, dark circles under the eyes, eats garbage, awake at night. <laughs> like... Oh, shoot. I think I'm a raccoon. <laughs> oh, no. That's awesome. Um, dull. Dull. Lack of motivation. <laughs> um, another one of my favorite lines is, it has to be urine. <laughs> yeah, the whole urine thing is pretty funny because um, I deal with a lot of urine at, at my job. Yeah. Doing STI testing. It's everywhere. <laughs> Not mine. Okay. <laughs> and good thing I wear gloves because, yeah. and I try and not to. Yeah, I try not to inhale whenever I have urine because, like, everyone's urine smells so weird. I don't like it. I I was talking to someone I can't remember who, and they were talking about how when things smell bad and you like know they're gonna smell bad, that you still kind of smell them on purpose yeah. and it's like and it's ever since i had that conversation i've been like aware of like i'm like oh my god that's gonna smell terrible look how moldy it is and i'm like i'm just gonna hold my breath and i like notice that i do smell a little bit because i'm like because you <laughs> just like want to confirm it your nose is curious why why do we do that it's so dumb i don't know because but... you love it they were like did it smell and you're like i don't know because i held my breath and i threw it away and you're like <laughs> well you can still like the weird the worst part is like when you like are it's too long to hold your breath, so you just have to like right. smell out of, or you just have to breathe out of your mouth. And, and breathe then you, gently. And then you start like tasting taste, it. Taste it a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, green urine. I don't know what that means. Mine was green. <laughs> it made me wonder if his urine had always been green before that. So he didn't notice or it changed so gradually that he had not realized. Or maybe he was eating ripe beets. I mean unripe beets fried green tomatoes yeah something um, i'm all better another one of my favorite finer things was after jim does his big eye face and gesture acting without talking about drug 
loss or something. Oh, something yeah. that happened during drugs that he was affected by. That when he sits down, Kevin pats him on the shoulder. Oh, that's while, sweet. While he's sitting. I never noticed that before. Yeah, and, like, I didn't even notice that either. Pam's like looking at him like, wow, good job. But but Kevin's actually like comforting him. And I never, yeah, maybe like Kevin a lot. Oh, Kevin. Do you have another finer thing? I do, but I feel like it. Oh, okay. I just like Michael's whole speech to Dwight about harshing the vibe and calling him a narc. Yeah. And then the smoking doobies with my brothers. It's and one joint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, 360 for the meeting where he's saying that. That's 180. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that was a Seinfeld quote. Yeah, 180. Oh, man. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Shout out to Seincast. Um, and my favorite character was mentioned in this episode. Girl with a lip ring. And I never oh. meet girls with lip rings. Oh, yeah. I think it's funny how they keep re- responding to her as girl with a lip ring. I might have gotten accidentally high by, <laughs> from a girl with a lip ring. <laughs> Uh, scored these sweet aisle seats. Yeah, aisle seats are not good. <laughs> well, well, I mean, some unless people... you want to get out and go to the bathroom a lot, like on the plane. <laughs> yeah, some people love aisle seats because you can like stretch out one leg. Really? There are prime. I mean, people love aisle seats. I will say that from working at a theater, like people are. Yeah, but being like... next. Yeah, it depends on what section you're in. Yeah, it does. Because the if you're in the side section, then the aisle seat would be the best. Yeah, or or if but if you're in the other aisle, like the outer aisle, not a good section. Yeah, not if you're a on good the outer seat. one. Then it's the worst seat. Yeah. Either way, people walk by you more. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it'll just be like a couple rows of people. Um, you know, like the way the aisles fan out. Yeah. You know, yeah. You worked at, at a at a concert venue. Yeah. <laughs> people love those aisle seats. How uninteresting was that? <laughs> so you got to make sure YouTube comes down to film this where we talk about how the episode is or is not like a mockumentary documentary thing. And I have only two. Do you have any? Yeah, I have only two and a half. Okay. Uh, go first. Go um, fish. I just was noticing how during that scene we were talking about earlier when um, Pam is trying to get Jim to say something, mm-hmm. it was kind of a secret camera footage because it's right it's the water coolers even in the shot Mm -hmm. like normally you know you see the blinds like it's going through the blinds yeah which makes it interesting and brings you back to that like documentary style um but this even had the water cooler nearby so it was like extra secret yeah it was definitely a moment that maybe not would maybe wouldn't have happened if the camera was like in the face you know yeah so i wonder if the cameraman and their cameras were all painted like the the dull grayish beige colors of office walls so that they could camera around camouflage yeah like getting those wildlife shots camera flushed (laughs) right um well similarly when michael and dwight are having the i need your urine conversation that's through the blinds like you were talking about yeah but we've seen that a lot and it's not that they need to keep doing that because it's like oh it's so cool that they're sneaking but it is distracting like the one we were talking about with uh the uh oh with the client where they're you know when jim and pam 
they're having uh, grilled cheese sandwiches on the roof oh, and the camera yeah. was like right in their face and you're like wouldn't that kind of throw you off a little bit especially if you were doing something you thought was wrong like being intimate with someone's fiance or right or like trying to get a fake urine sample like yeah you, you, it would be hard to be like no nah, don't worry about the cameras like yeah exactly especially so early on in the series they never turn their mics off during these secret moments though yeah i mean that's true they try to a couple times but so far they haven't in the show yeah and and like um you know i wonder how long the camera crew has been around at this point probably about a year or so mm-hmm. like in real time at the office and so not like super new to them but also not like you know they're gonna be super used to it either mm-hmm. you're still gonna be aware of it so yeah you're gonna be aware of it if it's like you and another person having a private conversation in a room and then there's just someone standing in the room with the closed door with you yeah you would be like oh why is that person walking around us yeah like, it'd be hard to ignore that it'd be easier like out in the floor of the office people zooming and stuff um yeah and then there's like there's a moment um during the meeting between pam and jim um when jim is about to share his you know story about well the made-up story about um you know some an addict's friend who's an addict or whatever um and then michael's look to the camera saying oh are you gonna get this because this is gonna be really good you know um and and angela looks at the camera a couple times too which is not super common. She doesn't do that very often. That's true. Um, I think it was during the part where Dwight is asking um, what prescriptions everyone is on. Right. Like, besides Rogaine, what else are you on? Oh, I'm not on Rogaine. To Kevin. And yeah. then asking Angela, basically, like, are you on birth control in front of everyone? Yeah, what a great time to ask that. <laughs> yeah. And he seems, like, happy about that. Yeah, that was weird. I would have been like, what yeah uh that's really weird they should have had that conversation long ago yeah and i have one more for the documentary okay it's when dwight is about to go in and give his cup coffee cup full of urine to michael but there's one camera and it keeps panning back and forth between the door and him and it's so awesome because every time it comes back he's like changed his emotion to where he looks like ashamed and then he's like looks resolved and then he's kind of looking procrastinatory. Is that a word? Procrastinatory. Yeah. And um, they kind of catches his expression as he goes into the, uh, Michael's office. Just kind of like... Or no, I, after he gives the cup to him and he's walking away, he looks just so sad. Yeah. And then we forgot to mention the moment in the hallway when he's like really debating, you know, hands on his face like should i do this should i not do this with angela no about the urine okay <clears throat> there's it, a it, moment where he's in the hall or in the um stairwell oh okay right right yeah but i like that he discusses it with angela it really yeah. says a lot for their relationship even though he ends up she's not gonna give approval but but she does uh i don't know it's nice that he told her yeah yeah secret secrets are no fun Secret, secret hurts someone. Yeah, it's true. Okay, let's talk about the characters in a segment called Do You Think the World is Crawling with Phyllis's? Okay. Uh, who do you want to do first? Let's do some minor characters. 
Okay. I really liked um, all the characters' reactions to the interrogations. So, let's see. One of my favorite ones was Creed. We kind of talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And how Dwight had the diagram or the picture of marijuana. And he just didn't do enough research because he didn't know that cannabis sativa or indica yeah. is marijuana he didn't, he didn't recognize any of those words no but creed knew it right away yeah and so it would have been the most suspicious thing yeah and he's interviewing everyone in the office to figure out who it is mm-hmm. question why does he think it's someone in their office it's really weird that the office is in a big business park building but it conveniently switches from like being a place where there's a lot of businesses to a place where they basically all assume there's only one business whenever they need it yeah and like they have a captive um you know a certain number of suspects like and it's in the parking lot so it could have been anyone like it it didn't even have to be someone from the office building it could have just been like some teenager walking by and actually in the deleted scenes (laughs) we found out it was someone from vance refrigeration not anyone from the office of course it was uh eisenberg and (laughs) yeah uh gene gene, gene stupinski and or lee eisenberg. lee eisenberg yeah it was them makes sense but you know what actually it was just paper rolled around a uh, uh caprese salad some basil yeah a little tomato and yeah. mozzarella in there <laughs> it was mozzarella <laughs> rolling paper <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good <laughs> yeah it sounds delicious um phyllis knew that it was marijuana but it was labeled mm-hmm. although it wasn't Uh-oh. did you think that was weird yeah, it seems I, like you kind of see the picture, and there was no place that there was a label. Like the photo obviously didn't change, but it didn't see like it said it on the paper either. And if it was labeled, wouldn't he know that? Like, wouldn't he have looked at that? I don't know. I thought it was a funny moment, but it doesn't really make sense. Well, yeah, it would be like show you a picture of a dog, and it says dog, and I go, "What is this?" And you go, "A dog." And I'm like, "How did you know that?" And you're like, "It says dog." You're like, what? Wouldn't you just say it says dog, or I don't know. Yeah. But you'd probably know that because I think you've heard of a dog. And seen one. And smoked one. <laughs> I've smoked a few dogs. <laughs> with your with your brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking dogs with my brothers. <laughs> we find out some things about Ryan. He goes to a lot of parties. And he is very desperate to get out of this drug test. Although, question, how does small talking the lady about employment get him out of this drug test? I don't, I cannot imagine can I speculate about how that happened? Like, hey, I'm probably not going to pass this test, so I'm going to need a new job. Can I work at the urine testing place? Oh, oh no. We have urine testing at the urinalysis lab. <laughs> but you have to smoke weed so you know. So we have a control group. So we know what. What it would look like. Yeah. Is that all you think Ryan's doing? Probably on his salary. Probably, yeah. Later on, he'll do harder stuff. Like, blow. (laughs) Yeah, blow. (laughs) Question. Yes? How is this urinalysis thing working? Like, they're set up in the break room? That's just where you hand in your... But then you have to go to the bathroom, I guess? And they, like, were just on call. Yeah, they they came came in in within a couple hours. Day of. of. Yeah. Linda. Linda? Yeah. Mine was green. <laughs> oh yeah, we test a lot of urine, and then Kevin asked for the magazine. Yeah, I'm like, dude, she didn't bring any magazines. She's sitting behind a folding table in front of the snack machine. Where yeah. do you think the magazines are? 
I wonder how she's keeping everybody's labeled because I feel like that is a big thing at my job is like making sure that everybody's urine is labeled because you don't want to get a call that says you have chlamydia. Just kidding. It was somebody else's urine. Yeah. And we don't know whose it is. You have the clap. <laughs> you have the clap. Yeah. That's what I always say. Yeah. And then you you go, don't want the clap. You have the clap. <laughs> and now you have to you. tell your partner. Oh. Uh, you can be clapped together. <laughs> Sounds louder when two people clap. <laughs> um, Angela's interrogation went pretty well. Oh, yeah. She loves being interrogated. Where were you after work? Smirk. Yeah. Angela and Dwight are so bold. It's, it, yeah, it's over the top. It's like, jeez. Uh, How could you not know anymore? Yeah, because everybody in accounting looked at each other when when he referenced birth control and like they still like nobody it's like they don't really care right that's true that if they hadn't shown the thing at jim's party you have to think most audience members watchers of the office would have figured it out every episode does something that's so obvious yeah that people in the room can figure it out and they're just uncomfortable yeah one of my favorite reveals was kelly talking about Ryan not caring whether or not she did a shot or something. And this whole thing, while she's giving that speech, you would assume that the question was like, have you ever been under the influence of something? But it turns out the question was just, what time did you leave last night? And that whole story had spiraled off of that one question. (laughs) This is not Kelly Kapoor's story hour. I I really wish Kelly was a bigger character so we could have a segment called Kelly Kapoor Story Hour, but I don't think it's it's gonna pay off too often, so better skip it. Ugh. We could have a spin-off podcast (laughs) called the Kelly Kapoor Story Hour. Or we just tell stories. Yeah, Yeah, celebrities. Or times that we are drunk. (laughs) Yeah. Um and then Jim, I'm glad that he still talking during the um the uh, interrogation because he just turns it around on Dwight, which is so funny because he's like, how do you know that it didn't erase your memory? That's not how it works. Yeah. Well, how do you know that? And yeah. then he's like, he's like, when I walked in here, you told me I could be conducting this interview. How much weed have you smoked? That's so great. Yeah. It just, it completely so shocks Dwight. He yeah. He, <laughs> he can't, can't fathom. Think, yeah. yeah. He can't believe it. It's like an awesome mind puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, Jim has a lot going on, too. He's got a lot that he needs to really figure out. He turned down Brenda. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to talk to Pam. He can't because he was jinxed. And then she buys a knockoff version of Coke to give him. Yeah. They should have said, Jinx, buy me a Coca-Cola branded soda. <laughs> and then Coca-Cola could give him a little money to be like, yep. It actually doesn't work unless it's Coca-Cola. And then he could have just popped it open and went, <sighs> That's refreshing. <laughs> it, or, well, actually, he has to buy it for her. Yeah. He can't oh, pop it open that's right. and take a sip. Otherwise, oh, it's like, not really. But yeah. if, if they'd be like, oh, I got this. It's an RC Cola. And they'd be like, sorry. No, you can't talk. You can you can mumble now. Because mm-hmm. it's only halfway there. Yeah. Mr. Pib? Uh, no. Pat. Mr. Pip, I haven't had one of those in a long time. Pepsi, you can sign. Yeah. You can do American Sign Language. <laughs> ASL only. Or finger spelling. 
Or you can speak any language other than your first language. Or you can use Harvey the computer to communicate. Hmm. <laughs> I think I think that's true. RC Cola. Um, Pepsi. So as you pointed out at the beginning, and as uh, Jenna Fisher pointed out in the Wikipedia page, obviously it's symbolic of Jim not being able to express his feelings and... He has fun for a little while, but then he realizes he really can't say things. Even though he's given a full set of vocal cords, the ability to talk, even without the jinx, there are some things he cannot say. What is he getting out of that relationship? Fun. Yeah. I mean, he's getting more than Dwight is getting out of the Michael-Dwight relationship because at least they do have a good time together. They laugh. You know, there's not, like, this power dynamic, like, with Michael and Dwight. But what he says does, especially, I think, because it's in the last second of the episode, Mm -hmm. what he's saying, you know, what is he getting out of this relationship? It's like, he's going to go home and think about that, you know? But I want to compliment the show for not dumbing that down too much. Because it could have ended with Jim saying, what is he getting out of that relationship? And then, like, changing his, like, expression to be like, yeah. do you get it? Because it's Jim also. Yeah. But it's actually, it's like Jim doesn't even get it at that point. There's two things. One is that he can't say to Pam what he wants, which they do play that one up. That's the one where he get, starts looking depressed and stuff. So that one's pretty obvious for you. But the what is he getting out of that relationship one, that one really is for the audience. To wonder because uh because you know he spent the whole day not talking at like great expense to himself like obviously he didn't do any work can't be selling any paper maybe he was doing expense reports but he just did it to play along with the the fun little game he was doing with pam so he really is doing a lot for her and that was the, the point yeah and it's just good writing is what it is because it's like we said in the beginning there's like two plots but they're kind of mirroring each other in a way Mm -hmm. and they're playing off each other and there's two like or three dynamics that are working together to create that like final thought everything kind of comes together but you don't really realize it until i mean i didn't even realize it until i like turned off the tv and then 30 seconds later i was like oh wait a second (laughs) that last part yeah it's like it doesn't hit you right away can i be honest i only figured it out when i watched it for this episode too and i don't know why i've always just thought of that line as like as like yeah he's just talking about like like, he's gossiping yeah what is going on with yeah with dwight i I never like put that together and but then when i watched it for the episode i got it the very first time i watched it and i also felt like an idiot for not ever noticing it before my brain wasn't really working that way yeah there's been a lot of things like that doing the podcast where yeah it's true because you don't look at it through like that type of lens all the way which Mm -hmm. is which is not to say that you're not getting out of the episode what you know what you want because it's still really entertaining and like you know if you take that at face value right before that he says um wow what a day to not be able to talk there's so much that happened like all this happened with Dwight and Michael and like Mm -hmm. I can't believe I couldn't talk to Pam about it what is going on like what why can't what is he getting out of that relationship and you're like yeah that is crazy that you know Dwight went to the this whole 
through jump through all these hoops for Michael. Like, what is he getting out of it? Yeah, it's it's the way he sets it up. He sets it up so extensively that you don't really think about it by the end. Yeah, I'm not sure quite how he knew for sure that was urine. Like, why it was so obvious? Probably just because of how weird Dwight was acting. Oh yeah. But it's so it funny, this, like, of... big, like, secret thing that's, like, illegal. Yeah. But everyone in the office is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And question, why does everyone in the office, everyone in the office realizes that Michael is just trying to be cool with the drug thing? And they're all like, but he's never done drugs. And then when Michael switches and is, like, multiple times trying to get out of, of doing the drug test, it never does a cutaway to someone going... Man, I guess it was Michael. Like, or I, or if it wasn't, if that wasn't Michael, I guess Michael maybe does drugs and we just never realized it because why would he be acting that way? But it turns out it's because of this, like, he smoked a clove cigarette at Alicia Keys concert. But why does everyone in the office assume it's something like that? Like, he's overreacting and nobody says, oh, shit. I, I guess he does do drugs. I mean, I think people probably know that and then they like also realize that Dwight's just gonna give him urine so it doesn't really matter and also no one cares if you smoke like a joint and what I also, if he's a opioid addict that like, would make a lot of sense for some of the things that he does like there's some things where you're like what are you thinking like that like I was gonna say I think it's pretty common for him to take a really strong stance mm-hmm. and then have a meeting where he's like had this whole um 360 just kidding 180 where you know he's a totally changed person Mm -hmm. you know and has thought about it and and now is different and you know so they're probably just used to that yeah it's just it's surprising too because it's almost like michael assumes everyone else kind of does drugs yeah so he's trying to be cool with them he's trying to be in even though all of them don't have a problem passing their drug tests Except for Ryan. Yeah. Uh, And like Oscar says, seemingly sincerely, that he's never done an illegal drug. Yeah, I know. I was really surprised at that. Like, he just said it like, no. Like, no. Like, obviously. But I guess you do have to remember that um, it's like Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. 2006. I don't know. I guess there wasn't a lot of pot to smoke in Kansas. But then when I moved to Washington and Colorado, there's a lot of more pot to smoke. So maybe there's oh, really? no pot to smoke in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, then why is Ryan acting so sketchy? And what about the clove cigarettes? Yeah, I don't know. And then actually, like, having a joint at Alicia Keys concert. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. Clove cigarettes aren't really a drug. <laughs> just they're, just, they're just a snapping good time. A snapping good time. Just kidding. Not endorsing tobacco. <laughs> or anything else <laughs> or anything except for this um imperial ipa well you think drinking is cool you think you think doing alcohol is cool yeah yeah do you think doing <laughs> i do <laughs> awesome yeah and what else about michael he wants to make dwight uh like he's willing to call in this big favor even though he doesn't really respect dwight kind of an abuse of power this is like a early foreshadowing of the like Willy Wonka debacle. Oh yeah, and Golden then ticket. also the Crentist. 
thing. Mm. The dentist. Well, at least in that case, Dwight did something wrong. Stood up to Michael, yeah. But in this one, in these two, it's like Dwight's just doing the best he can. And then he also says, since I have power over you, why don't you also do something wrong or take the fall or something? And then I'll give you like a consolation prize, which is the um, assistant to the security. Yeah guard or whatever title he gave him well he asked him where's your costume oh yeah oh no yeah um and then dwight is just really shocked that there's only two orange cones that hank has power over traffic cones traffic cones yeah and but but dwight has several he has but, a lot yeah that's but what they're like say. soccer goal cones. yeah they're not traffic cones. like a Personally, driving a car would never see those. That was one of my favorite cutaways was when he's like, has the little cones and he has the chalk outline of the joint. And then he like <laughs> has the little stick that shows like the, the um, projectile, the projectile of like of smoking it, it from your mouth. And then like, and he even knows how to hold a joint because it's just like with the um, yeah. pointer finger and thumb and then like throws it. And the stick is right there. It's so funny. It's so stupid because it would end up in the same spot regardless of... Like, it wasn't a bullet hole where you could tell which editor <laughs> it, like, fell on the ground. So it doesn't make any sense. And it's not going to... You could have thrown it any distance or been any side of it. And it it could have been anyone. It doesn't, That doesn't show... Like, it's not like it's going to show, like, yeah. who threw it. It doesn't matter who no, it was thrown from. It doesn't matter. That's He's just so doing funny. everything he's seen in a movie. At once. Yeah. And then don't you like the other part where Dwight goes into, it's when he's about to give the urine to Michael and he's like going into his whole family story. Mm-hmm. And at first you're like, where is this going? Because my dad's name was Dwight Shoot. My grandfather's name was Dwight Shoot. Yeah. And my great grandpa, Dwight Shrewd Amish. Which I don't get. It was like voiced, <laughs> voiced a consonants when you're Amish, or because there's no electricity available, so <laughs> so they can't say T. No, <laughs> just a T. Just T. That's what it sounds like when you turn the lights out. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. I've always remembered that scene and thought it was good, but when again when I put on the off five goggles to watch it this time, I was like, why the hell is he saying that? It has nothing to do with this. He's not talking about like their legacy as law enforcement officers or something like that it the only thing he gets to is when he says the next part where he says i used to play my dad all the time in games and he cheated and i never busted him on it because i didn't realize it it's like oh yeah dwight's like an ultimate authoritarian strict rule guy but he's also naive and like that's like this where he's so doing all this research to try to bust the drug thing but he also doesn't know that like other names for marijuana and stuff like he's just like missing huge parts of practical experience that are stopping him from doing his job but it doesn't have anything to do with the the amish thing and his heritage i just don't know why that was in that monologue does it have to do with um the like how he feels about the control thing uh Mm. of michael but yeah i don't understand the the legacy of the names i guess it's just kind of like makes you feel i mean it's sentimental and so like as it's playing and then he's going back and forth about the urine you're like oh maybe he's saying he's the number one because like because or either that or he's saying i come from a long line of uncreative people 
<laughs> but yeah because they keep naming their kids the same things but also you can only name one kid usually the same thing so he's the one that was named dwight and his dad was the one that was named dwight so it's like he's following the like firstborn or whatever like most prized kid he's got to do the the right thing yeah unlike because... andy who had his name taken away <laughs> given to his brother and then got Andy out of a baby book. Kind of like the opposite of that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just like feels he has to carry on the legacy by respecting his authority, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point, though, because you don't really think about it until you have the off five goggles. I like that. Yeah. Let's bring back a segment called You Never Expect You're the Murder because... We had an email from from a fan who pointed out that we don't do that all the time. Yeah, and apparently and a good point. people like that segment. So you never expect you're the murderer. Who's the murderer in this episode, would you say? I would say it's Michael. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he... Because he does drugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because he smoked that clove. He's going to hell. Uh, because... He does ask Dwight to do something bad just to protect himself. At the end, he does give him the security thing, which I'm not even sure how he does because, again, Hank's the guy for the office building, not Dunder Mifflin. But is that enough to make him not the murderer? No. No. (laughs) Okay. The fact that we weren't doing the... You never expect you're the murderer was pointed out by Austin Jerry, who was kind enough to write us in and also keep track of a lot of things we've been slacking on. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we got to step it up now because apparently people are paying attention to what we have to say. I'm scared. Are you watching closely? Yeah. We're the media. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's give it to Michael. I don't think this is a shining moment for him in any way. He's uh, belittling and then... And then bad and his little thing at the end isn't that great so i also think in a way pam like naively is the murderer like she definitely just doesn't i know that it's just a game but i think she takes it a little too far with jim because in a way it's kind of manipulative she knows that he's gonna do whatever she says mm-hmm. and that she can play it off like it's a joke but at the end of the day, she's just, yeah, she does buy the soda herself, but she's definitely taking advantage the whole day. Like, putting him in these situations that he's going to have to come up with this creative, like, thing to see how high he'll jump for her, basically. But he keeps impressing her. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's a good point. She I is- just thought it was a little bit, I mean, I guess it's fun, but if I were Jim, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Do you think that... Jim would have done the same thing to her? No, definitely not. Because it reminded me of a later episode where Karen, Karen is looking the for the chips. chips. Yeah. yeah. And he, instead of making her, you know, I don't know. It's not the same exact situation, but he's the one that spends all day looking for the chips. Yeah. It's, it's weird because he is so bummed out by the time it's over. But it's because of that one conversation. He really is like pretty, even in the deleted scenes, there's like other incidents where she makes him do something for the not talking. But he seems pretty amused by it. And the other one that makes you feel that way is the one where he's trying to act like someone, something happened with drugs. 
But that one, he's acting. He does seem bummed yeah. out at the end, but he has to because that's the role. He can't be like smirking at the end because then Michael would be like, what? You know what I mean? So yeah, and I, so think... I don't know if it bothers him that much. I think it's like interesting to get a different dynamic. And I think he's so happy. Well, you're right. She has the control. But she's so happy at the end when like. They do finally get to Yeah, talk. and she comes over and is like, we have to be able to talk. It's It's like a lot of the episodes in season two where, you know, like. He finally says happy Valentine's Day or something like that. And like and she basically yeah. admits or when she says like, oh, if you move, if you left, I'd kill myself or whatever. That that she's basically saying the office sucks without you in it. And also she notices when he gets bummed out right away. She's not like oblivious. Like, let me let me do a few more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And I think what made me think that um, was the instance that you're talking about in the meeting where he's gonna share um an emotional story because the the interview with her afterwards where she's like wow i was not expecting that yeah wow you're just like okay so you're gonna keep pushing it then or like what you know and then it's just like i don't know he went above and beyond for sure yeah but like i said it's like she says jump and he's just like okay i'm gonna I'm going to pull vault. <laughs> and it's like just kind of pathetic. It's because he's like bummed out though. Like and he's a he's acting. He's like acting too well, I think. Cuz it's like John Krasinski being yeah. like the bummed out guy, but I feel like Jim wouldn't be able to pull that off as well. No. So it actually it feels like it's Jim that's bummed out. I think it would have helped if they had I don't know where that deleted scene was supposed to go, but if they had the deleted scene where he like talks to Meredith in between those to show you like He's still having a lot of fun doing this before that. Oh, yeah. Because he has that scene where he seems bummed out because he's pretending. And then the next one where he actually gets bummed out. And as the audience, you kind of like take it in as like he's just been getting more and more bummed out all day. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think that's supposed to be on purpose. I think it's because the deleted scenes are missing and stuff. But he was actually supposed to be having more fun. And it's like a challenge. And it's like a new way for them to interact, which is like fun for them until she says like, you can say anything to me. And he's like, no, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, interesting but, point though. Yeah, and uh, that actually goes into this segment. <laughs> Not that we don't have enough, but I was thinking we might do a segment called "The Office is like the dragon that kept them apart," or some shorter title that we'll think of later. And it's like to track the relationships. So we've got that's Jim and Pam. That's where they're at. Kelly and Ryan. They're obviously still hanging out. Kelly's really excited. Ryan's not mentioning it. He's obviously not as excited. Because you know, Ryan seemed cool either way. Yeah. And then Dwight and Angela are getting like an intense thing. Weird tension. Yeah, they're spending the nights together. And uh, and that's where those are. But then if, you know, if there's any other ones, you know, like Michael and Jan or Michael and Carol or yeah. Kevin and Stacy, we could bring those up too. Okay. But uh, let's think of a name for that. At first, I was just going to call it Lovebirds. But it should be a quote. But I, I don't know what the quote should be. If you know that, come to the Finer Things Club on Facebook and say, what would be a good one for the couples? Short and sweet, like three or four words. That would be great. Okay. I like it. I think it's a good idea to kind of keep track of that because there are a lot of relationships going on. Yeah, and they change up over the seasons too. Definitely. Like who, who it is and stuff like that. But sometimes they're developing and sometimes they're falling apart. And they're both fun to watch. Okay, so we did second drink. Let's go to our Dundee then. Our Dundees, okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to give my Dundee to Jim because okay. of his excellent acting ability and his, 
I like his final line of the um, show that we talked about. Um, and then just his impressions and just overall good attitude. I mean, good. Um, what do I want to say? Yeah, I guess just a good attitude with the whole. Even though he does seem bummed out, he's going along with it. He goes gung-ho. Yeah, he's yeah. gung-ho. Yep. That's what it's for. The Dundee of the gung-ho. <laughs> um, okay. I I think I'm going to give mine to Stanley. Oh, he has interesting. His, his line about having a glass of wine. With antioxidants. All for of- the antioxidants. He's a little defensive there. Later on, it's clear that he has a glass of wine like every single night in bed, but or in or the in the bathtub, yeah, yeah, but not once a week. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, my favorite is when he says, "Where did you get these facts?" And he goes, "Are these facts scaring you?" It's when he says, "More more people do cocaine than read a book to their kids." And he says, "They are not." <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, that line is so funny. That whole. I hope all of that was Steve Carell um, improvising because it seems like it was. All the statistics, like look to your left, now look to your right. One of those people will be dead at some point in their life because of drugs. It's so like when we talk about being the murderer, like when Michael does the Dundies, he's it's like for himself, but he really does want people to be, you know, like like celebrated. Oh, But, but in this case, it's not. All of his fake drug stuff is just so that he can get out of taking the drug test. He doesn't yeah. care at all about this drug stuff. No. And he does so many things. He wastes so much time <laughs> trying to like make up facts and stuff. And it's not because he cares about diversity or something like that or like wants to talk about sexual harassment. He just wants to say, man, Michael did so many presentations about drugs. Surely he would never do drugs. Yeah. And then that's it. pulls out all the stops like at the end. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to urinate. There might not be anything <laughs> that comes out. I wasn't planning on it, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. Uh, what a douche. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then let's do our rating, too. Okay, I'm going to give this pretzel day. Pretzel day? We're going to, we're going to, like. Oh, wait. I'll give this pretzel day. <laughs> yeah, pretzel day. I was going to say we're going to... I thought it was absolutely gonna... I do, but I, I would give this pretzel day. Yeah, pretzel day. And I was just watching that episode the other day, uh-huh. the pretzel day episode. And um, I think it really describes this episode because it has everything, like the works. Yeah. Like Michael likes his pretzel. It's got good writing. It's got some really good one-liners. Mm-hmm. It's got some really great character development because of the situation that they're all put in and then it's got drug references like what more can you want the plots are really well intertwined it's a yeah. simple plot but like the not talking one comes into the main plot and stuff like that and they're like yeah it's real homogenous real real small scope and like probably like the early season but they're just like talking about what are some things that could happen at the office what if uh if they you know they had to do drug testing or something because that happens at offices such a great job of going all out with it too it wasn't like basic like thing they like they made it big character moments and stuff it's like what we talked about in our interview with leah beck formerly of bustle formerly of bustle where the reason that it feels so comfortable and so assuring in a way is that it's in 
um, a setting that you feel comfortable is um, the office. So, you know, they're not like taking a field trip anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not something special, but it's special because it's in the office. Yeah. And that is our rating pretzel day. Our last segment that we like to do that we've just started doing, which is cool, is to read the ratings or reviews that we've gotten. And we have a new one on iTunes. Yeah. And this one was written by a podcast. The Wild Pretty Things podcast, which is a really cool podcast about either women in danger or dangerous women. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of kind of a cool idea and seems like a cool podcast. Like a femme fatale or a woman who had a fatality. Yeah, it's um, damsel in distress or femme fatale. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so they said, I've listened to a lot of podcasts about The Office, including another current one, and this is by far my favorite. The hosts are snarky but sincere when appropriate and approach covering each episode in an interesting way. I always look forward to every new episode. That is really nice. I like the snarky but sincere because that is... I think a good description of us. Question. Hopefully. What's the other current one? That's what I want to know. And can we make a, a rivalry with them? But you know what? Wild Pretty Things podcast is a classy person for not mentioning them by name. I know. I'm so I'm on the edge of my seat, though. Who could it be? Could it be an American workplace? Could it be uh, Cocktails at the Office? Could it be The Office podcast? I don't know any of the other names. And... I just know that they're not as good as us. I'm going to assume that. (laughs) Well, anyway, thanks for the really nice review. If you write a review, we'll read it here on the podcast. And then everyone that listens to this podcast will hear your words spoken through our mouths. Yeah. And um, you're welcome, Wild Pretty Things, for your new catchphrase, which is damsel in distress or femme fatale. (laughs) Hey, that wasn't their thing? No. Nice. I don't think so. She's a damsel in distress. She's a femme fatale. Oh. Like, uh, you know, like Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that's the end of the podcast. Is that right? Yeah. And thanks, Alicia Keys, for being part of our podcast. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, Dude, where's my office? Smoking doobies with my brothers. Those half-baked. <laughs> Want some munchies? Hooray. <laughs> I feel like there's something I was that I was missing, but I can't remember. That's so true. I have a bad feeling. Oh, question. Yes. Dwight says he <gasps> for likes exceptions. people. Exce- for, that's what I was going to okay, say. Good. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Who do you think they are? Gotta okay, be Jim. so what reminded me of this is that the, our review says, including another current one, and I was like, I wonder who that could be. And when Dwight says... I like most of my coworkers with four exceptions. I was like, I wonder who that could be. Definitely Jim. Mm-hmm. I think. Toby? He doesn't seem to care for Kelly at all. Kelly, yeah. Kelly. Oh, he hates Ryan. Ryan. NBA. And it's either not Meredith, Stanley, Phyllis. I don't know. Those seem neutral to him. Yeah. Well, I like Phyllis. Actually, I don't care for Phyllis. Or no, Meredith. That's right. Meredith. I, 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 
I like Meredith. Actually, I don't care for Meredith. 